The primary purpose of the matter over mind experience is to educate. It doesn't constitute advice or services. Before making any changes, please consult a medical or dietary professional. Nutrition, gut health, mental health, hormones, and so much more. These all play roles in sustainable weight management. So, I scour the globe for top experts in fitness, health, and weight loss to bring to you this podcast. So, take a seat. And enjoy the ride. Welcome to another episode of the Matt Overmind Experience. I'm your host, Master Trainer and Weight Management Expert, Narado Zico Powell. And we have some interesting stuff to talk about today. Nootropics, epigenetics, and so much more. I mean... We're going to talk about ways that you can really improve your health that we, that's because it's such like growing topics that we still don't know a lot about. And I have Brian Littlefield here, who is the CEO and co-founder of Jocko Fuel, who's going to break down some of this stuff for us today. And of course, your boy have a hack of the episode, right? And is how can we increase longevity through altering epigenetics? So you're going to love this episode. We're going to talk about living longer as well, right? Oh, my gosh. I can't wait to have Brian come on and break this down for us. And with that being said, welcome to the show, Brian. Hey, Zico. Thank you for having me on. I'm looking forward to talking to you and your people about this stuff. I'm I'm ready to sit back and just have you blow my mind, man. So with that being said, <laughs> tell my audience about yourself. Yeah, man, I'm... It's uh it's an interesting story. You know, it's it started off, you'll you'll relate to this. So it started off, I grew up in a, a family with um like in an athletic household, and I was the only one I had in 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 the household, I had three half brothers, and they all had uh better genetics. So they were better athletes, they were more lean, they could eat whatever they wanted to and and stay lean. And I had the struggle. So if I wanted to be leaner, I would have to be more disciplined. So um, I wasn't at the end of the day, I stopped playing ball sports in like high school grew significantly out of shape. When I went off to college, basically, I I had what I call fallen off the path. So being completely off the path, I had blown up to a whopping 200. I'm 510, by the way, so I'm not 65. So people can understand. Um, I had blown up to a 265 pounds of completely out of shape and, and just an absolute mess. Um, I'm in my early twenties, pre-hypertensive, probably pre-diabetic at the time, definitely had some glucose issues. And my doctor's like, you, man, you're on the wrong path. And, and I had some things kind of, you know, keep a long story short, some things kind of came to a head within my family. And I was able to just find my way early on. The beautiful thing is, is I had already always, even though I was back into a business program, um, going back to school for business, I had always done really well in in like the sciences and all my science related coursework. So in college, like when I had, it was kind of funny. I actually had to go to the deans and convince them to let me take science related classes. Like I was taking 400 level bio with lab in my business related curriculum as my as my um, 
you know, other coursework. So I was able to kind of feed my passion and addiction while going to school for business, which I knew I wanted, you know, I always had that entrepreneur side of me. So uh, I was able to continue to do that. So I get out of school and I'm like, well, what am I going to do with this? At the same time, I had been training and teaching and coaching Brazilian jiu-jitsu and combat sports fighters for a number of years then. And so what made sense was I was going to open up a brick and mortar supplement and nutrition store. I did that. I curated programs for fighters and nutritionists and helped with weight loss and things like that. And then that led me to partnering with my partner, Pete Roberts, who basically um, opened the door for us to be able to launch a nutritional brand. And I'm I'm just a nerd, man. I I I from you know for almost two decades now. It's been my passion. People like to read literature or watch movies or something like that. I read clinical literature. I love diving into the science and I just have became like a self-taught nerd when it comes to nutraceuticals, as you mentioned, epigenetics and things like that. So um, that's kind of like a very quick snapshot of my story. Oh, I apologize. I was talking, but apparently not talking, right? That's so, all right, man. No worries. Let, let's let's back up. Let's back up. So, <laughs> yeah, I can definitely relate to your story, though. It's uh, but the difference is, I was one of those people who had the natural athletic gene, right? I was, I was, it, it, I, 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 I wasn't necessarily. I, I was even now. It's not easy for me to necessarily gain weight, right? And I want to eat a whole bunch of crap yeah, yeah. and just completely fall off my diet completely. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, I, I definitely understand that. But uh, something else I want to talk about too, because then we're talking about genetics, because I want to talk about what's genetics versus epigenetics, right? And so for the followers or the readers or the listeners or the viewers, I should say, who don't know, genetics is, of course, we know what genetics are, what we inherited pretty much. Epigenetics is the science saying that the lifestyle changes that we make, how it impacts our genetics. And we're starting to learn that our lifestyle changes have a bigger impact than our actual genetics, right? So I really want people to stop and think about that because that's what we're going to get into today. And everybody knows that with my approach to health or with even with my clients, I take three sides. I look at ancestral living. I look at the scientific studies. And I look at the anecdotal evidence, how it makes you feel right now. But epigenetics is the only branch of science that has to include all three. Because epigenetics is about the things that you do to make yourself healthier. And you have to incorporate all three to do that, right? So let's talk about health from a holistic view, right? How do we look at health from that 360 holistic view. You're absolutely right. And a good example I like to to use a, a kind of a segue into getting people to understand the difference between genetics and epigenetics is you look at, you, you always hear like, we know that smoking, for instance, we know that smoking is terrible for our health. To, I mean, it leads to lung cancer and a number of other things, inflammation, um, hypertension, like it's terrible for our health, but everybody knows, at least everyone I know knows someone who's in their nineties. That's been smoking two packs a day forever. And that is a perfect example of there's 
the actual genetic code that you're born with. And then there's the epigenetics, which I like to think of as is the way you play your tune. So if your genetics are, p- are, are piano and you have all those keys, that's what you're born with. The way you play that music is through your lifestyle factors. Now, someone can have a different key than you and be playing a different tune. And they can be have the same key as you and be playing a different tune because it's all about the way that you live. So the way that you sleep, the way that you eat, the way that you exercise or don't exercise, the way you internalize stress, the way you, um, the pharmaceutical medications that you do or don't take, uh, the nutraceutical medicines that you decide to apply to yourself or don't. And it goes on and on. And every one of these things can influence the way that that genetic gene is turned on or off. There's ways to upregulate and downregulate those genes and sometimes simply not living a certain way is a way to upregulate particular genes. So it's a very complex system. And you're absolutely right. I loved what you opened with, which was like, we're just now beginning to understand the way that epigenetics is going to change the future. And I would say only in the last like couple of years have we really become more understanding of it. I agree. And you know, it's one of the things there that gets me. And I talk about my three-sided approach, right? is that a lot of things that we're discovering now through science, and you say, you know, really connected to epigenetics, are things that our forefathers or foremothers did. I don't know if that's a word, but I want to don't leave the ladies hanging out there, right? <laughs> but, you know, that our parents and grandparents and great-grands did that we thought were, oh, just old-timey crazy stuff. But now we're realizing, oh, it really does have, like, benefits for our health, right? So when we talk about looking at health from a holistic view, what do you have to say um, for someone who really doesn't look at health that way. I mean, I guess it, it's got, it feels, um, how do I put it? Well, I don't think you can look at it any other way. I, I, I don't know. I just, I don't think you can look at health any other way than a holistic approach. Like it has to be a 360 degree approach. Like there's no, um, a good example, like just because you exercise and like, doesn't mean that it's going to make up for a poor diet. Or if you exercise and actually sleep is probably the number one thing that we're starting to wrap our heads around the importance of is like, you can exercise phenomenally. You can have an amazing, incredible diet. You know, you're choosing, you know, organic foods, you know, you're getting, you know, um, a proper ratio. Like, let's say you're living on a, a blue zone type diet, whatever that may be, you're trying to extend your life, if you're not getting good sleep because either um, you're just not choosing to or you haven't put the things in your life to be able to sleep well, then it can negate most, if not all of the benefits of those other things because of the importance of sleep. So you have to be able to hit all of the, like if you want to get optimal health. Now, don't get me wrong. Like if you're eating healthy and exercising and you have poor sleep, you're still moving in the right direction, but you don't have all the levers turned for optimizing your health. I think the goal of everyone should be if you like, you know, this place we call earth and you want to, and you want to be here and enjoy your years because it's also about health span, right? It's not just lifespan. It's yeah. Everybody wants to, a lot of people want to live to 90 or hundred or centenarian become 120 years old. But what does it matter if you get debilitating health effects at 60? I mean, you spent half of your life, you live to 120, but then you're, you fall apart at 60. 
well, you spent half of your life feeling like shit. So, I mean, there's the, to me, that doesn't really make any sense. So to me, it should be doing everything in your power that you can to optimize your full potential. You know, I don't just want to live to a hundred. I want to kick ass to a hundred, right? That's right. just my mindset. Like most people don't know I'm 40 years old. I mean, it's hard to tell because your boy looks as good as this hand. You look right? good but for 40, man. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. You know, I did not pay him to say that everyone just to make that official. <laughs> you <Yeah>. do. <laughs> but yeah, but seriously, like, you know, it's, it's, and, but it's all the things that I've, that I have done that's gotten me here and I'm still learning and still growing. One of the most annoying thing to me and people have said to me, wasn't what's most important nutrition is it sleep mm. is it working out i said no it's it's everything and even within that there is grounding there is getting sunlight there is communicating with nature there's like so much that goes into our health there's optimizing our cognitive thinking which we're about to talk about in a second right mm. so it's like all these things that we really have to look at the most unhealthy people i come across think about they don't think about health they think about symptoms oh my shoulder hurts what pill is going to help me with this? Or this hurts. What can you do for that? It's like when I talk to people about food, most people can't wrap their minds around fish oil or uh, eating organic because they're thinking it's not going to help what's going on right now because it's not medicine. It's not designed to be reactive. You're supposed to eat healthy and have a healthy lifestyle. So those things don't happen, hopefully, right? Or lessen the chances of those things happening. Not on now these things happen Let's see what I can do to get over it. Like, that's not what those things are for. And so the it's like, even when I talk about the keto diet and the vegan diet and all these different diets out there that I use and I, in different, in different times of my life, based on what I need, because I have the experience and the knowledge to know how to use it. Right. But then some people say keto doesn't work. Keto is bad. Vegan is bad. Carnivore is bad. Or this is good. Or that is good. Not understanding that these things are not medicine. There are times that you may need to be in ketosis. There are times you may not need to be in ketosis. There are times you may need to detox. may not be time for you to detox. It's just so much that we have to look at health as a three. If you want to kick ass up until however long you want to live, you have to look at health from a 360 holistic view. But enough of my rant because I want to talk about cognitive thinking because there is something that your boy can use more of is cognitive thinking, right? So today, all right, tell me this. So we... We love caffeine. We wake up, one of the first things we reach for, which I think is one of the worst things for our health, is having caffeine early in the morning. But that's one of the first things we do before we can even say a word, right? So then what is the revolution behind replacing caffeine with cognitive enhancing nootropics um, from the pharmaceutical industry? Yeah, so um, it's kind of funny. So when I first partnered with Jocko, he was a he was pretty much on the anti-caffeine train. Like he was never, not because it's like necessarily bad for you because when he was a Navy SEAL, he didn't really drink. He he actually has never drank coffee in his life ever. He's only ever drank in tea. So like when he was over there um, doing executing missions in, in, in the Middle East, he was literally drinking tea, like brewing tea bags, like in his, you know, canteens and shit. So, He was never a high caffeine person, and he always thought that you shouldn't need a ton of caffeine to get the job done. Well, you know, fast forward a couple of years, we had this supplement company, we're nutraceuticals, and we're providing a lot of value and and we're growing, we're doing well. And my other business partner, Pete Roberts, 
and 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 Jocko were in a conversation and they both had teenagers at the time in the household. And you know, one of them said, guys, like my kids coming in with all of their friends and they're all drinking these toxic energy drinks or whatever. He's like, I really wish we could make something healthy. And I was like, well, define healthy for me. And he's like, well, it wouldn't have a ton of caffeine. And, you know, and at the time it was like, Brian, I know you could find something to substitute it for. So I said, okay, well, what else doesn't make it healthy? So we named a bunch of other things like natural sweeteners and and preservatives and things like that. And we attacked all that. But the question you're asking me is about the nootropic side of things. So it was my job then to go back to the drawing board and say, okay, well, without caffeine, what do we do? Or better yet, how do we amplify the effects of caffeine without having to take as much? So what we did was we started off immediately. The beautiful thing about tea, absent of caffeine, is that tea has theanine. It's an amino acid that helps balance the brain. Um, it works on the GABA system. And so what it does is it allows your brain to feel balanced and deal with stress better. It's not a sedative, so it doesn't make you feel drowsy or anything like that, but it really counteracts the negative effects while still allowing the positive effects of caffeine. So it's like, it removes a lot of the jittery feeling. It removes a lot of the crash that you get from having a bunch of caffeine and coming down. Most people, that's one of the common reports we get. It's like, hey, I have no crash. I could drink two or three of these and I get no crash. I just kind of feel like I come back to normal. And that's huge for us. And then the other side of things is, of course, we needed to uh, increase the amount of choline. So we have alpha GPC, choline by tartrate. Um, and then there's a little bit of a copa in there that's been shown to, uh, in the long-term use, improve uh, memory. So it's, um, yeah. And I can't forget, there's also some theobromine in there, which is a vasodilator. Although it's a slight stimulant, it's a vasodilator. So it actually um, increases blood flow, particularly in the brain, which again, allows the effects of caffeine and theanine to essentially work better. You know, I interviewed um, Jenny Shea on the uh, show last week. I don't know whenever the episode came out that time before this, but anyway, mm-hmm. I interviewed Jenny. On, maybe I need some nootropics, but I, but I interviewed Jenny Shea on the show and she's a tea expert. She's been brewing tea for the last 20 years or so, and she has a book on it. And she mentioned something like about caffeine and tea, because if you look at like black tea, green tea, I mean, they have caffeine, right? But they mm-hmm. also have all the compounds, like you mentioned, that help to balance out that caffeine. Now, it goes back to the bad or the good or bad mentality, because we sit here and say, oh, you know, caffeine is bad. Like you say, it's not, that's not necessarily the case. But then you go to Starbucks and you, you know, load up on sugar, caffeine, artificial flavors and whatever crap, the crap other thing they put in it. Right. And then we, we get into this mindset of we, we get the feeling, we get jittery, we feel bad. Or we drink these energy drinks that are like 200, 300, 400 milligrams of caffeine that's not good for you, especially when you're talking about the sugars and all the other stuff, right? And you get that jittery feeling. You can't sleep at night. We talk about the, impo- the importance of your sleep and all that stuff, right? So it's not even that that caffeine necessarily bad, but you know, when you have uh, certain things, certain natural things, even like tea, that can help to balance out the effects of caffeine so it doesn't hit you the way it does. And 40 to 60 milligrams of caffeine, you you can get so much sharper than 200 and 300 milligrams because you don't have the, the 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 jittery feeling and the benefits that you get from drinking the tea itself. And 
what I'm hearing about from Jocko Fuel is that because of the uh, the nutrients that it has, um, it, it it gives you kind of that same feeling. But I have a question then, though. Is there any caffeine at all in Jocko Fuel? Yes, the same amount as a single cup of coffee, 95 milligrams. Okay, perfect. See, and that's what I'm talking about. It's like it it has a lower amount of caffeine, but then then you would go from something else, some kind of sugary drinks or something like that, right? But it also has nutrients that helps to balance out that feeling and enhance the um the the um how your body uses that caffeine. Am I saying it right? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a great that's a great way to put it. Yes. And with that being said, everyone, guess what? I'm going to talk about one of my favorite company. You know where I'm going with this, right? I'm going to talk about the Amino Co. See, they have Heal, which I actually just finished. I don't know where I put the bottle right now, but it's a uh, 100% science-backed essential amino acid formulation designed to reduce recovery times and improve physical function by accelerating muscle repair by helping to maintain a healthy inflammatory response. Now, I absolutely love Heal. Everybody knows anything that I recommend or I endorse is because I really do believe in 100%. Because what I love about Heal is that for one, I love the amino co. And then Heal has essential aminos, not branch chain, but essential aminos, creatine, and whey protein concentrate. Now, what I love about that is I, I use it. There are different ways you can use it, but I usually use it as an intro workout because, you know, your boy goes hard in the paint, right? So sometimes I train for an hour and a half or longer, so I right in the middle of my workout to help me to, to, to give me that muscle performance, boost my muscle performance throughout the rest of my workout, right? So, and then my body, of course, absorbs it pretty well. There are times I'll drink heal in the evening, in the evening also when I, when I need to recover, because they're, especially if you're going through moments of inactivity, heal is something that can help you to maintain and build muscle mass. In fact, it was designed for NASA astronauts to maintain muscle mass while in space, and they, they refined it. Right. Just like Perform, which is another product of theirs that I drink more as like a pre-workout, which only has about 60 milligrams of caffeine per serving. But with the creatine essential aminos, it enhances the effect of caffeine. So I don't have to have 300, 400 milligrams to crush it in my workouts. Right. But back to heal, though, you see, there's a recent um, clinical trial that compared one or two scoop amounts of heal with high quality whey protein and the net balance. Um, between whole body protein synthesis were measured. And the response to heal was found to be three times larger than whey protein on a gram to gram basis. Again, it's the specific combination of essential aminos and creatine, and then the whey protein concentrate that gives you that, that gives you that actual um, reaction that your body needs, right? So check it out. Heal is absolutely fantastic. I love it 100%. And they also have all natural flavors, which I believe is they use stevia for the sweetener. So that's another thing I love about it. Most companies that have a, like essential aminos don't combine them, number one. And two, most of them don't have all natural flavors as an option. So aminoco.com says Zico Health gives you 30% off performing heal and all the essential amino products. And your boy like to make it easy. I'll make sure that the website is in the description of the episode. And with that being said, we got some more stuff to talk about. We're going to talk about longevity. Like I said, your boy don't just wonder. When I think, when I think about longevity, Brian, I don't just think about living long. I think about kicking ass while I'm living long. But when I'm in diapers, just get rid of me because there's no point of me existing at that point, right? So let's talk about that. 
how can we increase longevity through altering epigenetics? Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. You're, we're talking the difference between health span and lifespan. And, you know, for the last couple of decades, we've talked about health span and most, actually, if not all of the pharmaceutical funding, which is probably the, it's, it's the most science. How do, how do I say this? The most amount of funding that we spend as humans on funding science is done around pharmaceutical drugs. And listen, pharmaceutical drugs are absolutely necessary. Like we don't want people to feel sick, but at the end of the day, you know, I know they don't spend money on making you healthy. They, they're, they're band-aiding and they're fixing the problem. So they're not spending money on health span. They're spending money on lifespan. So they want to keep you alive longer. They don't want to keep you thriving longer. That's not good for their bank account. So. That's where the nutraceutical industry has stepped in and said, okay, we're going to try and identify these compounds that have been shown to clinically improve the measurable biomarkers that influence these epigenetic features. So how they've done that is they've said, okay, well, what are some of the things that help with aging? So there's a number of hallmarks, as they call them, of aging. And these things are the 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 kind of like independent biomechanical tools in the body that we use to either upregulate or downregulate essentially this aging. And one of the primary ones that people focused around right now is NAD. Everybody's talking about NAD and they're talking about uh the precursors, the boosters, NAD itself, NAD IV drips and things like that. And what everybody wants to do is increase NAD because NAD increases energy transport between cells. And if we have good energy transport between cells, well, we're going to have good cellular health. That is one of the key features of cellular health among a few others. So um, that said, if we can improve cellular energy and cellular health, we're going to have a better application towards improving epigenetics in that hallmark, in that particular hallmark. Dude, you know what? That's, that is really important. I mean, I know that went over a lot of people's head, almost went over my head, you know, I guess I'm not the brightest bulb on the, on the tree here, but no, but seriously, seriously, I know I like to kid about myself. Uh, but it's, it really is true. Importance, important cellular health. We really got to focus on that because I have an example. Let's talk about, uh, vegetable oils, right? Something as simple as vegetable oils, right? We don't realize how vegetable oils impact our cellular health. And it makes it hard for, for our cells to actually communicate and operate the way they should because of the whole, because of um the properties in, in vegetable oil, right? So something as simple as taking vegetable oil out of our diet can improve our cellular health. But on top of taking vegetable oil out of your diet, and you're talking about increasing NAD+. Plus, right? And those other natural things that we should. Now, something I'm going to say to this, a lot of the things that we put in like Jocko fuel or, 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 I mean, heal and stuff like that, right? Are also found in nature. And we don't realize that because God, nature, Buddha, whoever you ascribe to knows that the, the food that we eat can also be medicine for us. I think, was it, was it Socrates that said medicine, uh, food is medicine or something to that? 
sake, right? And it goes back to looking at it from like a uh, a three a whole three sixty view. And one more thing I'm gonna say before I wrap this up is when you look at your entire health from a three sixty view, it no longer becomes a reactionary thing. It becomes on it becomes a how can I keep getting better? I, I start to sleep better. I'm starting to think clearer. I have more energy. So it's like it's like it's like an ongoing project and then go on for the rest of the rest of your life. Can you see how long this can this can really keep going, right? So so this, again, it really does come back to looking at your health at a 360 view. But Brian, I see you keep nodding your head. So I'm sure you have something on your brain there that's kind of stewing. So no, I mean you, you touched on a number of things. Um, one of them is the hot topics of vegetable oils, of course, right? You know, a lot of people um I personally I think vegetable oils and this probably surprised some people I think they've gotten a bad rap and I think what people because we live in this modernized world right with this modern diet and it's hard to um how do I put it when we go through extremes like for instance like a keto diet is a relatively extreme diet like you you you're cutting out all the carbohydrates. Your body's going to switch to ketosis. You might go through a keto flu. It's a pretty extreme diet. And I absolutely believe in the keto diet for a number of things. It's been shown to be absolutely beneficial for things like Parkinson's disease and so many other things. So I've, I've done keto. I love keto from time to time and a lot of these things. But when you talk about extreme shifts in dieting, man, if there's one that's extreme, it's try and go out to eat or go eat somewhere where you don't get vegetable oils. Like it's, basically impossible unless you're like, yeah, I'll take a head of lettuce. Right. So um, that's, it's really hard. Now here's what I don't do. I don't promote, promote people going out and like asking for vegetable oils, like, Hey, vegetable oils, seed oils, those types of things. I don't, I don't necessarily promote the active sourcing of those things. Like you shouldn't actively go try and source those things. Now that said, people need to, in my opinion, based on the research, I think people should be more focused on including more omega-3 fatty acids in their diet, not just from like fish oils are great, krill oil is great, but people really need to eat more fish. And because the to me, the negative effects that people are seeing isn't as much attributed to how much seed oil or vegetable oil they're eating. It's how little fish and fish oil they're eating. And a lot of the literature is showing that it's the omega-3 to omega-6 ratio that really shows when things get out of whack. It's not really natural for us to eat that much vegetable oil and this little omega-3 in fish oil coming from frit, coming from fish. So do I think you should try and pull back on maybe like some vegetable oils? Yeah, I think you should do that anyway, because what's actually more important than restricting what particular oil is restricting oil in general. I'm not anti-fat by any means. I think healthy fats are ultra important, but the one long, since we're talking about longevity, the one longevity tool that has been shown to increase longevity and all the studies more than any pharmaceutical or nutraceutical compound is calorie restriction. So every time that they've put calorie restriction on humans, insects, mice, it moves the measurable, um, epigenetic biomarkers more than anything else that we've been able to develop by humans. So calorie restriction overall is the number one thing. And what's the most calorie dense macronutrient fat. Right. So, exactly. So then you, you brought up a couple of good things though, Brian, I really want to talk about this because with the vegetable oil thing, 
we talk, you know, people talk about balance, right? Mm. But then you're so right because we got omega six versus omega three. Now, of course, we know vegetable oil has certain effects on you, so other things. But then you have a high a diet that's rich in, you know, fried foods, trans fats, vegetable oil, so on and so forth. And then you have a diet that's low in omega three. Now, omega six is inflammatory. Omega threes are anti-inflammatory. But vegetable oil is not the only food in nature that, that has omega six. Right. So it's not like we're just saying we're just talking about vegetable oil by itself. But the problem is most Americans, I think the research says, has a 13 ratio of omega six to one of omega three when it's reasonable to be about one to one, which is almost impossible to match up. But or some experts may say two to one of healing of omega three to omega six. So that that balance right there, like is 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 absolutely um important and something that we miss. And you said something else. What was the last point you said, Brian? Essentially about calorie restriction in general. Yes. And the I have a question for you on that. I have yeah. a question for you on that. Calorie restriction, right? Because I come from a country where calorie restriction is not an issue, right? <laughs> calorie restriction is more of an issue in the Western side of the world. Yes. Well, I'm in the Western side, but more of like the Americas oh, yeah. and uh, in larger con- countries, right? But at what point do we say calorie restriction and what's the line between calorie restriction and let's say malnutrition? Well, you hit the nail on the head. If you can still get in all of your micronutrients and all of your vitamins and your, and, and your, your minerals and things like that, if you're getting those in a regular diet, but you're still consuming less calories than you normally would be, then that has been shown to be beneficial. But when you have a calorie restriction, to the point where you're actually malnourished, where you're not able to maintain a, a, a normal healthy weight, or you're deficient in um, a number of vitamins or minerals or things like that, uh, that's when you're going to see negative health effects. So there's that fine line. It's balance, right? It's all, it always goes back to balance, which people hate hearing because then it's it takes work, right? You t- it takes work because you got to think. You got to be like, okay, well, I got to eat enough to be healthy, but if I eat m- if I indulge, then I'm going to, you know, so it it is about a balancing act, but you're absolutely right. Like if you get to a point where you're malnourished, that is not good. But that's also the reason why people will eat a normal diet and then they'll do fasts or they'll do extended fasts because those fasting periods of time turn on um, autophagy, right? And, and, and what that's going to do is it's going to help recycle some of those dead and damaged cells within the body. And those potentially rogue or zombie cells are essentially what would potentially turn cancerous. And, and, and obviously that being the second leader causing the leading cause of death in the world behind heart disease. Yeah. And the reason why I ask that is because I'm sure you've seen it too. A lot of people say, well, they want to restrict their calories, but they restrict it to the point where it becomes damaging. Right. I mean, I've worked with people who've cut their calories to ridiculous amounts, like 600 calories a day for a while, just trying to figure out how to lose weight. And it just made everything worse, especially because they did it for an extended period of time. And then we have these diets, like the OMAD diet, that tells you eat once a day and you'll be fine. And, you know, that can have negative health benefits. In the short term, maybe there can be some help there because of the extended fast, um, optimize the AMPA pathway, kick up your ketosis and so on and so forth. But I'm not a fan of saying eat once a day for the next year or two years. I mean, that's a long time to to basically be under what your body is supposed to be getting, right? Which that's a hard thing to reverse once you've been at that point. So you, 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 you've given us some good information, Brian. We're going to have a part two someday because, you know, we have, we had to even scratch the surface. 
But thank you for being here, man. But I, I wouldn't be doing you justice. Let my audience know how can they learn more about your work? How can they get some Jocko Fuel if needed? Yeah, absolutely, man. I appreciate it. Um, JockoFuel.com. I mean, that's where you're going to find all of our products. Uh, you can find them if you're an Amazon shopper. You can find them at Amazon. We're in all the vitamin shop stores nationwide throughout the U.S. Um, we're in 7,000 retail locations across the U.S. now. So um, we're around every corner almost, as we like to say. So um, we have a store locator on our website if you want to check out our products. And, you know, if you want to follow us on social, it's Jocko Fuel. If you want to follow me, I do videos talking about, uh, I don't do any coaching or anything like that, but I do videos talking about hot topics uh, when it comes to like nutrition and stuff like that. So um, I love it. Stuff. And of course, JockoFuel.com is going to be in the show notes and the show notes are going to be ZikaHell.com slash JockoFuel. But you don't have to remember any of that because the show notes are going to be in the description of the episode, you know, I'm, I'm a nice guy. Well, sometimes, you know, and I like to make it easy. I like to make it easy. And with that being said, Brian, thank you for being here. Thank you for watching or even those who are listening. We're out for the day, fam. Thanks for joining the Matter Over Mind experience. If you got good content out of this or any of my shows, save, subscribe, and share it with anyone who needs this information. Remember, Always take the scenic route and enjoy the ride.